Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Wherever you are on your financial journey, at Ameris Bank, we're with you. From setting up your new bank account. You're all set. To expanding your business's footprint, we're with you. From savings plans that advance college funds to graduation milestones worth celebrating. With every big step and baby step, we're with you all the way. Visit amerisbank.com slash with you and let's turn those money questions into financial peace of mind. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. Attention homeowners, due to upcoming government regulations, the current energy efficiency ratings for HVAC systems will change. Current inventory cannot be sold after December 31st. As the year 2023 starts, customers can expect to pay an average of 30% more for a new HVAC unit that will meet the new government regulations. So what does this mean for you, the customer? There's no better time to purchase a new HVAC system. AAA Heating and Air must empty their warehouse to make room for the new systems. No deals will be turned down with their 15-year parts and labor warranty plus guaranteed financing they have made it possible for anyone to get a new system call today and enjoy your new home comfort as quickly as tomorrow but you can only get this special deal by calling 803-677-1500 triple a heating and air wants to give you their best deal possible on a new hvac unit but you have to call today 803-677-1500 and tell them you heard about this deal on 1075 the game's gamecock central podcast It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen with Pearson Fowler. This has been in the works for a while. We're really excited to officially have the Gamecock Central Hour. Chris Clark. And J.J. has accepted an invite to the Senior Bowl already, which is awesome, uh, the Reese's Senior Bowl. And Wes Mitchell. Um, I think he's well above 200 in the, like, the 210 range. Uh, um, a dude in the weight room, too, like from a strength standpoint. On the home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. Game. A minute after 11 o'clock on a Monday morning, and welcome into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour on 107.5 The Game. Pearson, Preston, Wes, Chris, here with you. No Gamecock game this past weekend, but still a lot of interesting college football, highly anticipated matchups that actually lived up to the billing, a game-winning field goal, a double overtime game in the Big 12, a lot of fun football games to recap and get their thoughts on, uh, again, most especially Tennessee and Alabama, which has completely shifted everybody's opinion on the current, I mean, really, just the the, the landscape and the, the power structure, I guess, of college football right now. Get uh, Very curious to hear the guys' thoughts on that, plus a few more thoughts on Carolina as they get ready for Texas A&M coming up this Saturday. But first, a chance to win some money. It's time for your chance to win $100 and qualify for the $25,000 grand prize in our $25,000 signing bonus contest. Just text the following national keyword to 95819. Your national keyword to text is... Guys, the national keyword is Jeff Heifel. No, I'm just kidding. It's Bucks. B-U-C-K-S. B-U-C-K-S. Bucks. Lots of bucks if you win. 
text that national keyword to 95819. Standard text messaging rates may apply. Please don't text and drive. The $25,000 signing bonus contest on 107.5 The Game. And you might notice I said Josh Heupel there and Wes and Chris, welcome into the show. Hope you had a good weekend. That's because not only Preston briefly flirted with upgrading Jeff Heupel to John Heupel, but decided after beating Alabama that he just he gets to be Josh. Uh, his his name is his name. He's earned it. I will put some respect on his name. His name is Josh Heupel. This is the opposite of Mitch Trubisky going from North Carolina to um, <laughs> the Bears and becoming Mitchell Trubisky. He's probably back to, to Mitch now that he's in Pittsburgh again. I like John Heupel. I'm really very sophisticated. I like John Heupel. I like I like John Heupel too. We might upgrade him to that after he wins the national. Yeah. If that's I can't believe that's a sentence that came out of my mouth, but it is. That, is. is that a prediction? It's not a prediction. It sounds like one. I don't want to be caught up in the moment. But but. All right. Well, Wes, I'm going to make you get caught up in the moment. We'll talk about the specifics of the game, of course, but. What what would it take for Tennessee to not get into the college football playoff right now? Oh, um, for them to listen all week long when everybody talks about how good they now are hmm. because they are the darling, right? It's kind of weird how many people were like secretly pulling for Tennessee and, and like even the reaction. I'm seeing people online, they're like fans of other teams and they're kind of like, yeah, the evil, the evil empire. Get them out of yeah, here. Yeah, everybody loves watching Alabama lose, I think. And they got, they got that great shot of saving over there just because you you could feel. Getting hit with the mustard bottle. Like you could feel yeah. it bubbling to the surface and you were like, he's going to snap at some point. <laughs> and then, then they, he did. We were watching somebody's like, man, Saban's been really calm. We're like, just wait. <laughs> Hold like, on a minute. Like it is, it is going, it is about to go down. And it was great. Yeah. It I mean, it's always so violently epic when when he unleashes his fury on the sidelines. Preston, you asked me a couple weeks ago how long it would take you to get good at bad Photoshop. And (laughs) so you were were laughing. You saw Lane Kiffin do the bad Photoshop of the mustard bottle hitting Saban. I think if Lane Kiffin can balance it amongst all of his other endeavors, then you can can knock it out in like an afternoon. (sighs) See, I I just want to get... Good enough to be bad because that's that's exactly the level I want to be at is the Lane Kiffin level. Yeah, because I have yeah. so many ideas that come along and I just can't execute them. And it's, it's it's frustrating. You have like one of the most talented artists in the entire Columbia, <laughs> if not South Carolina area, in your back pocket. You got to use that for evil sometimes. Yeah, but he he's so busy. You know, he's booked. Kev got all these. You know, I don't know, it's ESPN type of company or whoever they are. He's got things to do. ESPN. Preston's bad Photoshop. Come on, Kev. You know how to do the right thing. Yeah, man. I just have tweets that I want to send out to, you know, 50 followers or whatever, man. But I just, I don't have the ability to execute. You know, it's all about execution, as the (laughs) coaches say. And um, I have ideas that I draw up in my head, but I can't execute them on Photoshop. And it it really frustrates me. Well, just outsource to Delane Kiffin. He's he's on it. Mustard bottle hitting. If y'all haven't seen that, go go find it. It's probably easy to find. I love Lane Kiffin. Um, Chris, Tennessee... Scored 50 points on Alabama. They did. It's, n- it's never happened. No one scored 50 points on Alabama since Nick Saban got there. No one scored 50 points on Nick Saban when he was at LSU. And it has been 23 years in one day since someone scored 50 points on Nick Saban back when he was the head coach of Michigan State. I think it was on the road at Purdue. I think Drew Brees was the quarterback then. 
who's already had a long NFL career. That's how long ago it was. Crazy. And that is a stat. That's it's insane. And Tennessee didn't have Cedric Tillman. I was going to say their best receiver, but Preston was like, maybe they have a new best receiver. They have a few good receivers. Uh, But yeah, I mean, Cedric Tillman has been a key guy for them. So yeah, I mean, I, they did a great job of get, and by the way, Jeremy Pruitt, he left Tennessee some, you know, the proverbial sack of McDonald's on the, (laughs) he left that too. He did, he did, he did leave them a sack of dung on the porch, but he did give them a few gifts. Yeah. Parting gifts. That was very nice. That was the most leaving was the best one. But also, he gave them things like Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman and Hendon Hooker, actually, by the way, transferred when Jeremy Pruitt was the coach. Yeah, which I forgot. I um, thought that was a Josh Heupel move, but... Yeah, John Heupel. John Heupel, um, Jeff. But, man, they just did... They did a great job. Look, their system is extremely hard to defend, and when you have a really, really good quarterback and really good skill guys, and you win up front, which they did for the most part, both sides of the ball... Um, they do a great job of getting their guys in one-on-ones, and their guys won them consistently. And Alabama's been kind of playing with fire this season, you know, a lot. Uh, which, by the way, Tennessee has too. They are really good. I don't want to really forget this is a team that beat Florida by five. Florida's okay. They're okay. I like this. this they exactly also went to overtime with Pitt. Yeah. Great you know, game, too. So – now, all teams that go on and win a national title have at least one scary game, mm-hmm. and it's not always against some elite team. So I'm not discrediting Tennessee at all. I'm just saying before we crown them national champions, let's let them get through the schedule. They they still have to go play. They play Kentucky. who has got pretty good defense, mm-hmm. as Mississippi State found out. Mm-hmm. Um, they play at Georgia, mm-hmm. you know, play Missouri, South Carolina, Vandy. They'll, they'll be favored in. They might be favored in the rest of their game. They might be favored in the rest at. Are Georgia. they favored at Georgia? I don't think so. I was gonna. My opinion was gonna be certainly they'll be favored against UT Martin. I'd say right now, sitting here, they're favored in five of six. Yeah, I mean they'll be double digit favorites in all of those games except for Georgia. If I had to guess, right now, um, according to the ESPN FPI. Georgia still has a 78% chance to beat Tennessee at home. It's wild, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously it'll be a couple weeks before we get a line. I think that's November 5th. Um, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Here, here's why I asked Wes the question the way that I did, though. If Tennessee loses to Georgia, win the rest of the games like they are supposed to, which doesn't mean that they will, but even if they lose to Georgia, avoiding the trip to Atlanta and a potential second loss to the SEC West champion might be their best argument to get in. And if they beat Georgia and they end, end with an undefeated season, and even if they lose to Alabama in the SEC championship game, they're still probably going to have a good case to make the playoff. Yeah, they are very, very well situated. I, I, I think... The big concern that we're kind of just glossing over is that their defense does still give up a bunch of points. Mm-hmm. Um, now, they have kind of – I feel like there are some teams that are so good offensively that it almost just doesn't matter that they have an average defense because they, they're just going to score however many they need to score. And they're just the, – the gap is that much bigger, I feel like, for their offense – against about everybody they play, that um, it, it ends up just not mattering. And and that's, I feel like that's a fairly new development. Like, I feel like football didn't used to be played that way. Like, if you were going to win a national title, you had to be, you had to be pretty good on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, they may just outscore everybody they play. That That Kentucky game, if that game was at Kentucky, I would feel like that was like a weird trap game potential for them. But looking at it, They've got, I mean, they got UT Martin this coming week. Um, then Kentucky, but that's in Knoxville. Missouri, I don't think he's going to beat them. Vandy's not going to beat them. South Carolina is probably not going to beat them. I mean, it really does set up. Strangely, it's set up very well for them. But that's the great thing about college football. The second we think we have it all figured out, Kentucky will beat them 22 to 21 <laughs> in some weird upset. I, to, to zoom back in on the game, because you asked me, and then I went on a extreme tangent, like big picture. <laughs> One of the other things we're glossing over, like in the game, and I've seen it mentioned, Alabama managed the end of the game very poorly, right? I mean, they they have the ball. They get a first down with 45 seconds left at the 50-yard line. I'm sorry, the 32-yard line. So now you have, th- at the end of play one, you have 34 seconds left. They threw three straight passes. Mm-hmm. Tennessee was able to use two timeouts. They got the ball originally at the 32, their own 32 after the missed field goal, and they had 15 seconds left. They were ha- able to use two timeouts. They had two seconds left when they kicked the field goal. You know, so if you're Bama... You know, maybe you're trying to be, maybe, you know, we don't know all the data. Like, they might have seen something tendency-wise. Maybe it was how Tennessee was setting up their defense where they thought, we've got some matchups here that we can exploit. Yeah. But you do have to consider, if we throw three straight incompletions, now we're turning it over to a Bama kicker, and Tennessee gets the ball back. They are more than capable of scoring on one play or definitely pushing the ball down the field with a couple timeouts. Yeah. I, I thought that was not managed very well at all. At well, you're you're kind of between a rock and a hard place, and this, this is the worst way that it could have played out for Alabama, but your other option is just kind of take the game into overtime. Because like if, if you try to get yourself into field goal range, there is the chance of failure there. That's what happened. Tennessee got the ball and got the two touch, or excuse me, the two first downs they needed to put themselves in that range. But I mean, maybe you could say the way the game was trending, because Tennessee up 42-35, Alabama has the long touchdown drive. Then they get the hashtag scoop and score. Tennessee responds. But it felt like Alabama had snatched a lot of momentum back towards the end of that game. I just, I, I never 
I never like playing for overtime when you're on the road, and especially when it's a team that's an underdog, not a huge underdog, but the underdog at home who's gotten to that point. I think Alabama playing more conservatively and taking that game into overtime maybe would – I think I think that would have been more of a gamble than, than the way they played it. Well, I just thought run the ball at least once because okay. then you're, you're making Tennessee burn a timeout probably. Yeah. And – I mean, you don't think you can get – they were at the 32, right? Mm -hmm. So you end up missing a 49-yard field goal. Can you – in three plays, can you get four yards running the football? Hmm. Can you get five yards? If not, fine. Right. You know, but you've also got some potential bad outcomes passing it, one of which we saw. (laughs) You know, (laughs) the worst possible. You're you're talking about when they got got all the way down to the Tennessee 32. And then they throw three straight incomplete passes. Like yeah. I don't think Chris was saying you're playing for overtime. He's yeah, saying he more saying. you cut it down to where you're either winning the game or overtime, as opposed to it. It, seem, it seems like in football, the decision when a team is like right at fringe field goal range late in a game is when <clears throat> the most bad decisions happen. I feel like and but there there's kind of this. You're like, and, and in some ways, I respect that Alabama didn't just say, oh, yeah, we're in field goal range. Um, let's sit on the ball and run it down. And then you miss the field goal and you go to overtime. But uh, this is the downside of being a little more aggressive there, still trying to throw the football when you're already, quote, unquote, in field goal range because the clock never, the clock uh, stopped multiple times. So then yep. knowing how good Tennessee is offensively, you would have liked to chop off at least, even, I mean, even if there are five less seconds in the game, you cut down one of those plays from Tennessee. You know, like they only have they only have yeah. room for for one play as opposed to two if they if they hit it. And it's probably it's just a different scenario for Tennessee. But knowing how explosive they were on offense, they take over. They looked to me like they were very confident they were going to go down the field and score. That's exactly what they did. And there was no pressure on Hinton Hooker on those plays, which allowed those routes some time to develop down the field, I feel like. You find out life's this game of inches. It's bad. So is football. It used to be a, a regular Monday. I guess last season it was a regular Monday thing for us, but uh, a game of inches in a lot of ways. It was a really, really wildly entertaining football game. Uh, we'll talk about some of those. Um, yeah. No, I was just... One, coming back into coming back from the break, we have these experts here. These experts here in recruiting, and there's obviously the story that's been playing out. And I, I think it would be worth asking them some questions or helping some of us laymen understand what is what happened or what was going on. Preston's been looking for an answer since about five. I don't know, sixteen Eastern Standard Time mm-hmm. Saturday afternoon. I've made him wait for. Almost two hours on this show now, but we have the recruiting experts. We'll talk about Jalen Hyatt and how he didn't end up at South Carolina next. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Two minutes after 11 o'clock, and welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour here on a Monday morning. Pearson, Preston, Wes, Chris here with you talking Tennessee and Alabama. The game of the weekend actually lived up to the billing. 
Um, we'll recap buy or sell a little bit later, but how surprised are you that we're sitting here on a Monday morning talking about Tennessee having won that football game? Well, not to give away our buy or sell, but a couple of people here predicted it. <laughs> I couldn't remember who not did. I know say I who. did. I couldn't say. But who. even for the even for the the people in here that did not predict it, was it close at least? How how shocking is this? I don't really think it's that shocking. Okay, so you were just it's, on the other side of the fence of the buy or sell. Yeah. Okay. For me, it was very shocking in the way in the game that they won. Yeah. Um, because even though they did jump out to the early lead. As I said, it had all the makings of Alabama's just going to run them down and just go run past them, and they never did it. So in that instance, for the actual game that played out, that was very shocking to me. I, I think I've mixed it up on this show before, but the what the scenario that you laid out, isn't that how the Tennessee game started last year? Didn't Tennessee's, or was it Alabama had some game where somebody scored a bunch early, some unexpected. I don't think Tennessee got out to 28 or whatever. I think they might have scored maybe the first drive or the first two drives. Okay. And then... I know I've already mixed this up, up once in my head, but but because we we we've seen what you said play out a lot of times, so it it did feel like late in the game, I was like Tennessee's about to get their heart broken. Like it just <laughs> it just felt like all this stuff has happened. Tennessee has come out, they've played a great game, they've done what they needed to do to put themselves in a position to win the game and get this massive upset. And it just felt like is this going to be another one of those moments where the Alabama machine just Look, we're Alabama. We've taken all your body blows, but we're still going to just drive down here and win this game and then exit out as who we are, the champs. And right. uh, it just did not play out that way. Yeah. Well, one of the huge X factors, local product, Jalen Hyatt. I want to ask you guys about his recruitment or lack thereof at South Carolina first, though. Uh, the great people at Integrated Media do uh, a really good job of making it easy for you to watch all the terrific football games we have now. Another local product. Oh, we always like going with people who, not the big box, you know, you can get anything you need directly from integrated media. They don't just do the service. They even can provide equipment for you. So instead of walking into the big box store, people who don't know you, people who don't really care, to be honest with you, check out the guys at integrated media. Give my guys, Michael and Nathan, a call. Uh, they do everything that you need from an audio visual standpoint in your house uh, in fact, I was watching some games this weekend and didn't have an integrated media approved setup. So it was okay. It was good for the most part, but had a little couple of little issues in there, buffering and things of that nature. Make sure at your home that integrated media uh, has you all set up, whether it's a strong internet signal so you can stream all the games simultaneously. Make sure you have enough devices to do it, have the right setup. Michael Nathan, the guys at Integrated Media, can hook it up for you. Give them a call, 803-948-8327 or integratedmediainc.com. Short question. I'm sure it'll be a short answer. Why is Jalen Hyatt not catching touchdown passes for South Carolina right now? Yeah, the short answer is the previous staff didn't offer and push for him. That's the short answer. If you wanted me to boil it down to that. Was he class of 2019? Was he? I thought he was nineteen or twenty. Twenty twenty. I appreciate. I appreciate that short answer, but I'm need to expand that out because (laughs) it sounded to me like you said the previous staff did not offer or want that to happen. Is that what I heard? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so the the previous staff. So I'll I'll give a little bit more. I mean, Mm -hmm. 
sometimes when you get into the why of those things, sometimes it's like, why did a coach call this play? And it, the answer is because they thought that was the right move. And not because Will Muschamp hates Jalen Hyatt's whole family? Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that is definitely not it. And right. so, I mean, they had Jalen Hyatt in camp at some point. Wes, do you remember what year that was, before junior year, before? I don't know. So uh, he was class 2020. Yeah. Um, According to the recruiting industry, he was the number 174 prospect in the country, four-star guy, number 30 receiver, number three prospect in the state of South Carolina. So recruiting rankings pretty pretty much nailed it, I think. And it's taken him a little time to sort of get settled in and, and have his breakout, but um, certainly a guy South Carolina would love to have right now. And I, I think, uh, you know, from what we heard at the time, I I don't know if that would have been – going into his junior year or senior year. I think probably summer camp going into junior year. They uh, had him on campus and basically did not think he was big enough or had the frame needed to add the weight to be big enough um, and sort of put him in one of those categories of still being evaluated as opposed to offering him. And then they, of course, never offered. Tennessee went the other way and was like 100% on him. I think even if South Carolina had offered late, it would have been too late because Mm. Tennessee had put in. It's kind of one of those things, hey, we want you. Right. So, you know, who knows what happens if South Carolina offers at the same time. But there did become a point. I I would dare say by the time Jalen Hyatt left Dutch Fork, like when he was a senior, I mean, I watched him play at Williams-Brice Stadium, and it was like, okay. I think it was already obvious. So th- this isn't missing on Nick Emmanuori, who was a little bit under-recruited. You weren't sure what position he was going to be, and you recruit him, and you find a diamond in the rough. And it's like, it's it's less of a miss for everyone and more of a gift for you. This was, everybody thought that he was going to be good. H- how, I understand that recruiting is a very, it's an inexact science, it's an art, however you want to describe it. But with somebody like that, that has something approaching consensus, you know, even if, what do you say, 187 or 185? How do you get that big of a chasm between the evaluations of two different staffs? Well, I mean, I, I think for better or worse, uh, in this case for worse, um, you know, Muschamp and those guys didn't really recruit based on rankings or other offers. Like, they believed their evaluations. And um, Is that BMAC on that recruitment as well, I assume? Yes, and you know sometimes sometimes that's a great quality to have that you don't get caught because we have seen guys in in the state of South Carolina before, especially early on, get a lot of hype, and then they end up being you know a four star guy. The in states don't recruit them, and people say, well, why aren't they recruiting this guy? Why aren't they recruiting this guy? And they go off to another school, and they don't end up having a big career. This was a case where they trusted their own eval probably too much yeah i mean I, I like think. like kind of the opposite of it would be like kevin harris right like wes and i were sitting right there when kevin harris ran a 40 time at south carolina's camp and he got a, up in the four or five range and they decided that was good enough to where they could offer him because they liked his film and at the time i think his offers were like army <laughs> you know and he ne- even after south carolina offered sometimes you'll see an sec school offer and it's copycat and now here comes everybody mm-hmm. uh, that didn't really happen with kevin some schools called tennessee called georgia called D- 
didn't happen. And so, like, Darius Rush is another one. Like, South Carolina trusted its evaluation on that under the previous staff. It has taken some time. It's taken a different staff, too. But he, he is a guy that has NFL ability. But there, every staff has misses. This one, I think, is very notable, right? Right. And, and the biggest issue that I think I had with it at the time is it was hard to square, okay, yeah, this guy's not 215 pounds, okay, mm-hmm. but he's extremely productive, and he was one of the fastest receivers in the country in that class. So if you're going to miss on the speed, ding, you know, oh, yeah, if you're, right. you're going to miss, his eye's a little <laughs> small, but, but how about this speed? I mean, 4-3 laser, 10-4 in the 100, and it, produces. And I, I have always felt... If you're going to miss, and by miss, I mean miss an evaluation. If you're going to miss an evaluation, at least do it local and with speed. Hmm. And he had both. Yeah. So if if I am if I have to make this decision, do I take him or do I not? Well, he is local and he is fast. The, the local thing's interesting. I hate the speed, though, because that was why the Detroit Lions went like 0-16 for five straight years because they just took the fastest guy at every position in the draft and they were terrible everywhere. So the, the, speed, thing's, the speed thing's tough for the me. The caveat that Chris mentioned was that he was productive also. Yeah. So if you go through and look at his senior year, mm-hmm. I mean, his highlight tape was of him making one-handed catches, diving in the end zone, <laughs> I mean, doing wild things for a high school player. So as, as Wes was saying, anybody with – any discerning eye watching him play high school football, watching what he did on Saturday is kind of like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that dude was really good even when he was playing in high school. Yeah. Putting a pen in this, I got a very interesting text here from an unnamed texter that will also kind of help contextualize this for South Carolina. But real quick, as we go to break, um, Jalen Hyatt caught more touchdown passes against Al- or caught as many touchdown passes against Alabama as every single South Carolina wide receiver on the entire team has caught total in six games this season. So do with that information what you will. 803-404-6100. A few more thoughts on Tennessee, Alabama, Jalen Hyatt, South Carolina, et cetera, next. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell on the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. 11.37 on a Monday morning. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Pearson Fowler, Preston Thorne, Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell here with you. Talking a lot today. Of course, no Gamecock game this past weekend. Tennessee, Alabama uh, justifiably grabbing all the headlines. A much anticipated game. A really entertaining game that came down to the wire and one that now has Tennessee as the centerpiece or at least the main talking point of college football for this week and possibly the foreseeable future could be you know, kind of the fun story for non-SEC fans in college football this year. And, of course, within that, five touchdowns for Jalen Hyatt from Dutch Fork, went to Tennessee trying to unpack exactly what went wrong for South Carolina in the eval there. A few more questions and a few uh, stats and observations from a couple of textures that I want to get to in just a second. But first, Gamecock Moving is one of the sponsors of what we do here on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Wes actually took advantage of their moving services very recently and had a very pleasant experience. I did, and uh, you can do the same, uh, GamecockMoving.com, 803-814-3569. Very uh, just smooth process, which is something you don't normally say about moving. Uh, They do have discounts for Prisma Health employees, any college students, all active duty military personnel. And right now, for anybody who mentions this show, uh, you will get a discount as well. Again, that is 803-814-3569. 
3569. They have residential and commercial moving services, licensed, bonded, and insured. They are able to, able to help you move anywhere in the state of South Carolina. They can also assist with out-of-state moving, locally owned and operated since 2017. Uh, they do treat your belongings as if they were your own. And as I've told everyone, they will do as little or as much as you like. So even if you want them to just come in and pack up your entire home, put it on a truck, take it to your new house, and unpack it, they will do that for you. Again, GamecockMoving.com, 803-814-3569. So this is not fun because you two know everything and because you have your computers open, so don't cheat. The year that, well, and, and, and I'm just taking this texture's word. He might be a year off, but he might be right. I can't remember. Um, the year that Jalen Hyatt went to Tennessee was the same year that Carolina brought in, what, four pass catchers? Oh, God. All right. Was Preston, that you're going to uh, Oh, God, what was the kid that they took twice? Tyshawn Johnson? Tyquan. Tyquan Johnson? Was that? It could be. That was not one of the four that's that the texture that, mentioned. That that Wes just said is never a good thing, <laughs> right. almost. When you say the kid they took twice, because that's happened. Remember, I think Jostin Thomas... Way back in the day, Didn't set that the record. The DB in this like upcoming class times. for Carolina? Upcoming class. 2023. Yeah, wasn't there someone that committed and then decommitted and then recommitted? Oh. Oh, yeah. No, we're, yeah, we're talking about that they signed signing him twice. Him twice. Oh, really? Literally signed. Yeah. Oh, weird. Like, a, you go to prep school. Oh, oh, I see, I see, I see. Sign him in two classes. Not the, okay, 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 okay. Yes. Cool. Um, that was otherwise, that, that class otherwise had some pretty good players in it, 2020. Um, yeah, that's the weird part about all this is it's easy and, and fair in this case to say, oh, you know, so, how did Muschamp? And, but it's not like Will Muschamp was a bad recruiter in general. I, I have three of them, Okay, I think. Let's see. I might have four. All right. Rico Powers, Mike Wyman, Jakari Caldwell. And now, now see, Taekwon was in the 18 class originally. Here's your, here's your hint. He's still playing for South Carolina. Mega Blake was 21. He was the next class. And I said pass catching option, not wide receiver. So it's a tight end? Oh, Jaheim Bell? Jaheim Bell. Okay. Uh, I, th- okay. I, I was going receiver. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, I could have sworn they took three wide receivers. Yeah. Yeah. So to that, uh, that's from an unnamed texter. Uh, my friend Joe texted me, said, uh, Hyatt had five touchdowns on Saturday. The, th- uh, the three wide receivers, so Hyman, Caldwell, and Powers, uh, combined for f- uh, five catches by the time they transferred out. Rico Powers had four catches in his career. Jacari Caldwell had one. And Michael Wyman did not have a catch in his career. So five catches, five touchdowns against yeah. Alabama. I mean, that, that that and that right there is a reason. That combined with, you know, not taking Jalen Hyatt or offering him, you know, those types of things are the reason that it's been a storyline for like three years about, okay, receiver. <laughs> who's going to step up, you know, right. because early it went well. Like, they had Debo Samuel as um, a holdover, right? His mm-hmm. first year was 15. So you have Debo Samuel as a holdover. Uh, in Muschamp's first class, You Brian Edwards was committed. You keep Brian Edwards, you get him. Uh, you get Shy Smith in the 17 mm-hmm. class. Those ended up being your best three receivers of that era. Right. Other than that, Ortrey was a good. Ortrey was like a good get, but then his career was derailed by yeah, injuries. Yeah, I mean, so he like had there were some so solid many injuries. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but there were a lot in there of. Ooh, Hurst was a holdover as well. Yeah, he was. Yep. So yeah, that, Perry Orth gets the credit for that's right recruiting Hayden Hurst. 
Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's going that's going way back. Perry Orth, by the way, also unleashed one of the greatest plays in the A and M series. Of course, sixty six yard run, the <sighs> earthquake. <laughs> they did not win the game because they have not won one yet. But yeah. that was a pretty good game. That was a really good game. I have an A and M stat later, by the way, to unleash. Saving it. Do it anytime. Preston has a point. Yeah, because I just, I'm like the dog gnawing on a bone right now. Like, <laughs> not going to let this tire go. I think there's a big difference when you're saying the, that the previous staff, there's a di- big difference in recruiting. Y'all can explain a little bit between taking and offering. So you said that at one hand, they didn't take Jalen Hoff, Jalen Hyatt, but on the other hand, they didn't offer him. Can you explain what the difference is between maybe not taking a commitment as opposed to not offering a, a recruit? Yeah, there I was just trying to use a little bit better language, but there can be a, a difference. I mean, sometimes you'll see guys get an offers are so common nowadays. I mean, when you're offering kids that are freshmen in high school and sometimes they haven't even played a varsity Lane game. Lane tried to offer a 10-year-old on Twitter the other day. Did y'all see that? Yeah, that not surprising. Uh, so a lot of times you'll see offers go out, but you're kind of – you know, you want to kind of get in the game, so to speak, because nowadays in recruiting, if you don't offer and if the kid's now a junior and he's got 30 offers <laughs> and you haven't offered, if you come in late, it's kind of like, why didn't you offer? Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of times you want to offer, get in the game. The kid's probably not going to commit early anyway. And if and if he's not a no-brainer, I mean, there's a lot of no-brainers that get these early offers. You want to see how he progresses. You want to still have him in camp. Um, we've seen... I mean, there was a guy that we saw in camp one year who was a four-star kid, uh, brought him in for it, and he had been offered, so to speak. Saw him for about five plays and knew he didn't have an offer after that. So, I mean, that type of thing happens. Um, in-state guys, you got to be more careful with in terms of if you offer a kid in-state, there are exceptions, but you need to be ready to take his commitment. Yeah, and I, I think um – Preston's question brings to light, like, yes, a guy can be offered, but then they maybe try to commit and they realize, oh, I don't actually have an offer. Um, so weird. I don't like that. The um, the other side of that, and I think what Chris was maybe alluding to, is that South Carolina, let's not assume if South Carolina offered that Jalen would have come to South Carolina. Right. Like, we're all, mo- most fans, like, look at it like, oh, you know, you didn't offer him. Um, he could have been on this roster. Well, there's no guarantee that he wouldn't have just chosen Tennessee anyway. Like and that's, that. that's a really great point that we always need to keep in mind because we all f- have this romantic idea about this kid playing at home and wanting <laughs> to. And you know what, man? You might just want to not. You, you grew up in Irmo. Maybe coming 30 minutes to college is not the thing because you don't want your mother showing up at your dorm room or something like that. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. So maybe you just want to get away. We're not speaking any specifics here. But the my overall general point is that he, he never had the option because he mm-hmm. didn't get offered. And for that staff to think that a player is good enough to play at Tennessee, but he's not good enough to play at, on that team's roster, it shows, it shows one that they – Missed that evaluation, obviously not saying that. But the bigger point, I think, is that they had no interest in being long-term investors in the state as a whole or what the product was going to be. I don't know if they were planning to be here for a while, but they did not plan on building their program 
on what was going on within this state. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, one foot out the door, it felt like, kind yes. of at all times. If it was going to work, they would, they, I, to me, it always felt, and I, again, whatever, they're all doing well, so who cares if we're talking about them. Um, they felt like South Carolina was beneath them, below mm-hmm. them, and even the players within the state, if you weren't going to be a high marquee player, they felt like they can go get a three-star guy from Florida would be better than a three-star guy from South Carolina or something along those lines. And that's just the general feeling that I had. And I think this is a good – this is how you see that for as much as we want to say, oh, well, that's the last half, let's just move on. Well, sometimes you just can't move on because there's still remnants of what hmm. those people did or were doing to the program. So yeah. I think that's important to see. Well, well, I get like Nick Emanwari probably helps from a fan base perspective and maybe from a local perspective, you know, taking a chance on someone that was a little bit under-recruited that has – panned out you do, you just gotta you gotta get a couple more of those and, and then don't let the uh i mean what what have we talked about it i guess a lot during the summer like th- what does carolina have committed right now like three of the top five recruits in the state of south carolina yeah that's right yeah so i guess starting to to mend those bridges and, and restore those relationships to the extent that they were damaged but uh 803-404-6100 any more thoughts that you have on the tennessee alabama game or anything else that happened in college football this weekend it was a really entertaining weekend top to bottom but of course a, a lot of meat on that proverbial bone uh, we'll recap buy or sell. We did talk about the Tennessee-Alabama game, a few other games that we picked as well as sort of a, a proxy in our buy or sell segment with no Carolina game. So we'll let you know how everybody did on buy or sell next. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. 11.51 on a Monday morning, and welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. A couple of minutes left here. It was a fun weekend of college football. Uh, this time tomorrow, we will be, I'm, I'm assuming, like way deep into uh, Texas A&M. Shane Beamer has his first press conference tomorrow. Jimbo's press conferences, I believe, are normally in the mornings, and I know they're on Monday, so I'll be very interested to see what the injury report for Texas A&M is heading into the South Carolina week. Uh, but seeing as they didn't play this weekend and there were a lot of other interesting games, let's go ahead and recap our buy or sell which doubled as sort of a pick segment for us yes should i tell everybody about our buy or sell sponsor Always. as well yeah yes uh, let me tell you about my friend kendall walsh she is a realtor right here in town at the moore company 803-414-3590 is how you can get in touch with kendall that would be a no obligation phone call uh, work with walsh at gmail.com is her email and give her a follow on twitter and Instagram at work with Walsh. Uh, she's a two-time graduate of the University of South Carolina, a Columbia native. You may remember Kendall when she was Kendall Belk as the first ever assistant director at the Gamecock Club. Um, much like I told y'all with Gamecock moving, uh, Kendall helped us through the home buying process, made it incredibly smooth, and uh, she can do the same for you. Uh, I know it's a little bit scary out there right now, but if you call Kendall, she will help walk you through the process and uh, help you buy or sell the home that you want. Again, 803-414-3590. So what we pick? How do y'all feel about your picks looking back? What's your gut feel? I did well in the Mason-Dixon lines, but I don't know if I picked this. I think I picked the same way. Okay, so uh, easy one first. We all bought Michigan minus seven over good. Penn State. Good for us. So we all felt pretty good about that. Um, Clemson was a three-and-a-half-point favorite against Florida State. Yeah, I believe, uh, Pearson, you picked the Florida State upset. I did. Um, 
It's close Preston, as trash. That's why Preston and Chris bought Clemson minus three and a half, so they were on the winning side of that. Um, I sold it. I had, I guess, a Clemson win by less than three and a half, and no. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we're y'all are two for two, two and ding, ding. Um, Alabama minus seven over Tennessee. Oops. Pearson. Pearson bought that. Preston and wait, I. Wait, wait, I bought what? You bought, I definitely bought Tennessee. You bought Alabama. No, I definitely bought Tennessee. I, really? Yes. No. I'll go back and I'll go back and check picked, the replay. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'm going to pull the tape on that because I picked uh, Tennessee plus seven and Mason Dixon lines. Weird. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Um, Press, Pearson and, or Preston and I picked the UT upset. I know that for a fact. I'm pulling the tape on that because I definitely pulled. I, anyway, continue. Okay. And uh, Chris sold Alabama minus seven. So, all right. And uh, Chris picked Kentucky straight up for a win. I know I got this one wrong. That's the one I'm most proud of. Um, Preston picked ah. Kentucky with the points. Duh. Um, <laughs> of course. And then uh, Pearson and I. Ball, Mississippi State. Come on, man. Uh, I, I, it's Mike Leach, man. Yes. My favorite SEC coach against my least favorite SEC head coach. Listen, I'm not going to be drawing on about the culture of Kentucky, but Love I'll it. just say it helped them rebound and perform well the next week. Mm. So was that three for three? Four for four? Four, four for four. Four for four? Well, so, and I was technically four, 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 four for four, right? Pretty hot. You Technically. Yes, you you were, but I didn't pick the Tennessee upset straight up. That was the that, he got the bonus. Point yeah, that. Preston was four for four with the with bonus. the bonus, the power up. Yes, you got a power up for that. You have a power up button of some sort. Um, oh, this kind of counts. It's over nine thousand. That's okay, Vegeta. That Preston gets the Preston gets the final word on the buy or sell by Kendall Walsh of the Moore Company. Final word is if there's a recruit in the area who's on the verge. Please, let's give them a look. Give them an opportunity. We'll take marginal local guys instead of marginal guys from other places. This has been your South Carolina announcement. And that's that Carolina <laughs> Cam Smith isn't doing – if Cam Smith sounder isn't doing the job recruiting, I don't know what will. Um, all right, I'm going to go dig up the tape on that uh, buy or sell segment. Not that it would matter because I think Preston – one convincingly anyway. Champion. A couple, couple of them wrong there. But anyway, uh, that was that was fun. We'll be back to a normal buy or sell segment this weekend as Carolina takes on Texas A&M this Saturday. And uh, this time tomorrow, we'll be talking a little bit more about that game, some of the matchups, a huge, huge opportunity for South Carolina ahead. But that is all we have time for today. Thank you all so much for being a part of the show and listening, as always, for Chris, for Wes, for Preston. I am Pearson, and the Halftime Show is a next. Titus and Tate, a podcast from two obsessed basketball lovers. One of the serious items is that the, the draft age is going to drop from 19 to 18, and high school kids are going to once again be able to go straight to the NBA. Yeah. How dead does this make college basketball? Because we know college basketball is dead. Is it even more dead? Yeah. Are they just throwing more dirt? No, we're six dirt? feet deep right now. Yes. Who has had a longer funeral? Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, now that is a good question. The Titus and Tate podcast, wherever you listen. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.